This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald. Welcome to another edition of the Power Cat Questions podcast. Insert dramatic music. Oh, that's the wrong podcast. Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Cole Carmody, Ryan Gilbert, who is reading the questions this week. I had that clarified before we even started. See, we, we just got started and we're already ahead of the game. But as you know, we're sponsored by The Fridge. Make sure you stop into The Fridge whenever you come to Manhattan and have needs of the liquid refreshment kind with alcohol. They serve other things without alcohol, sell other things without alcohol, but you get, you get my point. It's a liquor store. Our segment sponsors are Tanners in the High Low. Stop in whenever you are in the Ville. The Ville. Guys, I hope this is a good one. I don't have a lot of, uh, what am I trying to say, a spunk in my step. I think it's the weather. It's currently, as we tape this, 193 with 101% humidity in Manhattan, Kansas. I might have exaggerated just a little bit, but it's bad. Is 101% humidity underwater? Are you underwater at that point? Yeah. Yeah, You're actually drowning in your own sweat. And... That was a fun sound. Is that your watch? Yeah. I haven't taken a step in an hour. It said, hey, hey, Fitz, why'd you steal Zach's watch? Yeah. Okay, here we go. Your questions from Wild Bass Station, Ryan Gilbert. First question comes from Imarica. What do you think about the playoff expansion in terms of total overall revenue going to the SEC in a 12-team format, i.e. that if the SEC has six teams, they're going to make a ton more money than anyone else, which in turn will continue to allow the SEC to pull away from the other conferences. Will this format actually end up hurting the Big 12 and K-State? Okay, I have a different philosophy about this. I truly think more schools having access to the playoff and the national championship will eventually loosen up recruiting. If you're a four-star that really wants to play for a national title, you know right now you have to go to schools and list them. There's only about six of them if you really want to guarantee yourself a possibility of it and really give yourself a good shot if it's Alabama or Clemson. Maybe Ohio State sneaks into that conversation. Those three for sure. I'm going there. That's If I want to win a national title, I got to go there. This changes that. This allows everyone else to have access. Now, in the front end of this, while they're still benefiting from this recruiting dominance, they will continue to dominate. But slowly, I think talent will start to spread out a little bit more. And teams like Bill Snyder did in the late 90s will get more competitive and be able to compete at these levels. I guess what I'm saying is I I believe that eventually the SEC getting five teams in, which I, I admit will happen early, are they not capping it? I thought I read that they were going to cap it at three teams per conference. I don't think they are. Last I saw, oh. they weren't. That will work itself out because I truly believe this. They thrive through the incestuous relationship of how we view teams based on their schedule. Oh, you played Alabama and A&M or you know, whoever put in the teams. You're a good team then. We know that's not true, and what will defeat that, particularly when you're dealing with a school that has intentionally avoided non-conference challenges. 
Let's, let's not forget the SEC still plays only eight conference games so that they can have that November tune-up game right. against someone who doesn't stand a chance typically in November. They might in September, but by November it's shaken out and they, they don't stand a chance. That's the most annoying thing the SEC does. Mm-hmm. But now they're going to get these teams into the playoff, and it's incumbent on everyone else to beat the living crap out of them. Because when that starts happening, the whole myth of the SEC – will dissolve. I agree that SEC is the best conference. I'm not doubting that. But not every team in that conference is superior to everyone else. So if you're putting your fourth-place team in and they pull uh, the first-place team from the Pac-12, that Pac-12 champion better win that game. And, And as that happens then the value of these SEC teams will begin to drop. It's not going to happen immediately, but the rest of college football has to catch up and prove a point. Prove the same point that Boise State proved by beating Oklahoma in a major bowl game. That these barriers are mythical and can be overcome in a one-game setting. That's why they only wanted four teams in the playoff. Because that myth could never be disrupted because they were only going to lose to fellow name programs. And now they're going to have to play teams like maybe Cincinnati or, heaven forbid, a Kansas State if things get going. And if those schools start winning those games, the entire college football topography is going to change. The landscape will be completely altered. And that's really if you're Kansas State or a a smaller school like that that really is kind of excluded from the club, that's what you want right there. You need the landscape to be altered. I think in theory, too, I mean, this makes the bottom-tier SEC schools and the middle-tier SEC schools not as valuable because those kids that want to play in the SEC for name value will say, oh, well, we actually have a chance to make a playoff, to win a national championship. If we go to a school like a TCU who's kind of been in the middle of the Big 12. If we go to a school like a Kansas State who's kind of been in the middle of the Big 12, Oklahoma State, same type of thing, where now these schools that are consistently top 15 in the country, you know, they're, they're a few plays away from being top 10 in the country. Now they have a chance to make the playoff as opposed to if you go to Kentucky and you're a four-star recruit and you just want to play in the SEC to prove your value to go on to the NFL – well, you might have to think twice about it. So I think this this makes the SEC more top-heavy, but I think it makes the middle and lower tiers SEC schools not as good. And it also makes um, some of these other conferences that are kind of middle of the road, it might make them a little bit more deeper. We can talk about this all we want, and I like what you guys both said, but if Oklahoma goes in as the fifth-best team or the fourth-best team and you know they're getting blown out once they play those good SEC teams – you know, you need kind of a snowball effect to start. Okay, you get that win over the SEC school, then you can pick up recruits, and then you can beat them the next couple of years in the playoff. If you don't get those wins, you're never going to get over the hump. So, the, winning those games yeah. is the most important part. That's where you start. Nothing, none of this matters unless you do that. Right. I think what matters first is the seeding. You know, are the conference champions going to be the top five seeds? You know, like if OU's the Big Twelve representative. But let's say they're not, you know, let's say they're only a top 10 team. They're the 10 seed and they have to go on the road as the champion. I just, I don't see that happening. And I think that, you know, there'll be a higher seed if you are a champion and you'll get to host somebody at home and, you know, you probably get to host somebody that's, you know, a worse team. You know, if we'll get into the seeds later, you know, and what those games might be. But, you know, if you're an Oklahoma at a five seed playing the 12 seed, you know, I'd, I'd feel confident that you should be able to win that game and, you know, you can build it up from there. But if you think about six SEC teams making a 12 team playoff and if there's going to be six guaranteed bids for the five power five conferences and one group of five champion, that's five of the at large going to the SEC. I don't see it being physically possible. Even four. I think even having, you know, four SEC teams, I think that's insane because the Big Ten gets just as much of a bump, I think, as the SEC does when you open this up and say, hey, you know, if Ohio State's your champion, hey, Michigan looked pretty good, even though they lost to Ohio State again. You know, they beat everybody else. They should probably be in there if they're a top 10 team. You know, I think that you're going to see more balance. And I don't know if the Pac-12 or the Big 12, even the ACC will get as much of a bump as they should, at least initially, 
but I don't think it's as, as bad. You know, I don't think that the SEC is going to have as much market share as people might be worried about at this point. Yeah, I think in reality, when they get into a room and, and make the selections, picking the fifth team out of the SEC is going to be a really hard sell for a, a committee of diverse athletic people. Okay, so we're going to take the fifth SEC team over a couple conferences, second place team. That I don't think it's going to fly, and it'll be a hard sell because after you shake out the schedules, and granted it helps them by playing one less conference game, that means they probably have seven fewer losses within their conference because instead of going seven and seven on that weekend against those you know teams in November that nobody should be playing in November, they go 14 and 0. So they have seven fewer losses. So they're an advantage there. But in all likelihood, we're going to be talking about a three loss SEC team or more being chosen over a one or two loss team from another conference. I don't see it happening, guys. I just don't see it boiling out that way. But I, I can see, you know, four easily on a regular basis until they start losing games. We just have to play it out and the best thing to happen would be a Cincinnati to get in and catch up a, a Florida, you know, in a a six eleven game or something, and beat them, and say, you know, this this is ridiculous. You're you're continuing to vote for names instead of teams, instead of quality football teams. You know what this is going to do? It's going to put a lot more emphasis on Power Five against Power Five non-con games, and those. Hopefully, if the committee's thinking logically, they can look at those and say, yeah, the SEC may not be. That good. So, well, I think it would. I, I think if they're going to come up with a formula to help sort out the standings and the, you know, the pecking order here, that it would be wise for them to reward anyone who's played 10 Power Five games. Mm -hmm. 10 Power Five games. So, if you want to stick with your SEC schedule, that's fine. Go schedule two non conference games. This is. The inequity here really bothers me. They get to claim they're the best without playing the best. And as I mentioned uh, in my um, daily delivery that goes up what Thursday at Go Powercat, they're going to quickly discover if they dissolve divisions that 14 doesn't work. I mean, 14 doesn't work with two divisions, but it's the only way it works. I mean, that's it's divisible by two. That's it. You can't get to anything else, and you're better off being 10, 12, or 16. 14 is the worst number, and how will they handle that? Will they say, okay, we're going to go to 16 to get it rounded out, or uh, Missouri, I'm sorry, you're uninvited to the party, A&M, you're uninvited to the party. It's going to be very interesting. We'll get into that in a okay. little bit later. Awesome. From El Camino, Cat, are there any negatives for K-State in regards to the college football playoff expanded playoff proposal? I see none. None. It's going to increase the amount of revenue Kansas State gets. It's going to increase the chances of getting into the playoff, even if you're not a Big 12 champion. People, Kansas State has never had an opportunity to be in anything football-related if they weren't the champion. Period. I mean, 1998 proves it. They were still probably the best team in the country. They suffered an upset. Not only did they not get to play for the championship, they slid all the way down to what was then the what fifth bowl in the pecking order. Turn that around in 2003, just five years later, when Kansas State, not considered a very good team for whatever reason, beats Oklahoma, considered to be the greatest team. Oklahoma loses. They get to play for the national championship. That's the set of rules that now go out of the the window by expanding the playoff. It's not just when you're in. It's if you're good, you're in. And that's never been afforded a school like Kansas State. Ask TCU and Baylor. Just ask them what happened when Ohio State made a bid to, to be in the playoff. They got in the playoff. They're more important. The only negative that I can think of is once they make the playoff, they have to play more games. That's it. But that comes from the positive of, hey, you get to be in the playoffs. So I don't think it's actually really a negative because you're in the playoff at that point. But that's the only argument I can make is saying, hey, once you make the playoff, great. You're going to have to win more games, though. But everybody has to win more games unless you get that by. Yeah. From Contra Cat, 
What would you guess odds would be with the home site opening rounds? Five twelve. Yeah, five twelve. I think they yeah. announced it, didn't they? Or like they said what it was going to be. I mean, it'll be like the Big Twelve basketball. Yeah, yeah. it's a typical seating five twelve. Yeah, on through. It all has to add up to seventeen. I mean, eight nine plays. Mm-hmm. It's five twelve six eleven seven ten eight nine. Or how much would the home site play into who wins that game? I think it'll be huge. I, I think home, home yeah. field will be huge. You don't want to be that twelve seed. No. What I'll be, but what I'll be curious to see is if they turn it into a bowl. So instead of hosting, you know, instead of turning um, it into a home game, if they turn it into the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl at Bill Snyder Family Stadium, because Bob Bullsby did an interview um, with Sirius XM Radio where he said that all of the revenue would be generated to the college football playoff and to um, nothing to the universe or nothing to the local. To the, to the local revenue. It's all for the national revenue. So I get that. I'll be curious to see if they do something like that. I, I'm just going to be blunt here. If they continue to prop up the bowl system by including them in this, it's going to get turned into a muddy mess. You just can't. You, you can't. It's time to move on from the bowl system and let the bowls carve out their own existence within a playoff environment. Don't be inclusive here with the bowls. They've done nothing for you. And it's kind of like saying, I'm going to, I'm sorry, I, I know we don't use it anymore, but I'm going to keep the covered wagon in the garage. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. If they want to find a, a role for themselves with 13 and below, that's great. That's fine. Yeah, I hope that's what it is. I, I mean, know. it opens up the Rose Bowl. It opens up the Sugar Bowl. But if you're the Rose Bowl, why would you, why would you want to do that? That's why you're I the could... Rose Bowl. Yeah. You it doesn't really matter. Your, your you're still getting two good teams. Continue or not. I mean, you'll still get. A, a pretty good Pac-12 team, and well, a Pac-12 team, <laughs> and a Big Ten team that's pretty good. I could just, I can just see the Bulls wanting more recognition, and well, even if it I says, know they do I know what they'll want? They'll want whatever's best for the Bulls. That's all they yeah. ever wanted. What's best for the Bulls? I mean, there was a time when selling tickets was best for the Bulls. Ah, that's not important anymore. So we're just going to invite whoever gets the best TV ratings, whether they're worthy of it or not. It's never been about anything fair or right or just. It's been about what's best for the Bulls and good for them. I mean, I imagine we'll see a lot of smaller Bulls go away or will we? Or will those be the ones that kind of survive? Because if you only take one group of six team, there's going to be some pretty good group of six teams out there for Bulls. It's going to be interesting to see how this pans out, but they should be playing those first two rounds at home sites. Even if minus expenses, all that money goes to the playoff, it still will come back to the conferences Yeah, if you're included. If the Big 12 gets three teams in, which I don't see in the near future, but if they do eventually, then that'll be a, a three-piece cut that'll be really important. Another question from Contra Cat. What K-State teams make a 12-team playoff scenario? Which goes the furthest? 98? 98 absolutely makes it. Probably wins it? Could, probably wins it. I mean, in all honesty, they would have still needed to be... In reality, they should have been seated third at the lowest. I mean, that team was a bear. 2003 and 2012. What about 2002? Got their way in. 2002 might have included themselves, too. I mean, I mean what what other teams between 98 and 03? 11 would make it, I assume. They were top 15, right? I think 11 probably has a shot, too. It gets interesting, guys. It, it really does. It really gets inclusive for Kansas State to at least be in the discussion. Now, for all of you that doubt this, I want you to stop and think about what happens to your psyche, the psychology of you preparing as a fan for a late game or late season contest when you're nine and two, you're not going to go to the Big 12 title game, but you got a home game against Texas. That's who they typically finish with. That becomes a pretty big game, even if you are not in the top two. Okay. So in the past, that's just another game. Season over, what bowl game are we going to? Now you get to 10 and two, you beat a Texas. You're probably in the top 12. And that's exactly what I was just looking at. I'm, I'm going to use 2019 as an example because I think it's important because there's going to be lots of teams that are going to be in the same scenario. But let's use K-State from 2019. On Saturday, November 9th, you'll remember, they lost to Texas by three. 
Texas team who wasn't exactly very good, but K-State wasn't the greatest that season. Yeah. So if they can find a way to win that game, then they're coming home and they're playing West Virginia, who they ultimately lose to by four. But again, they had had all their chances to win that game. They're sitting there assuming that they win those two games at 10 and 2. Going to make the playoff. Right. Let's go through some years, though. 97, they were number eight. They lost one game at Nebraska. They would have been in. Mm-hmm. 98, clearly they would have been in. 99, number six, they would have been in. Mm-hmm. 2000, number nine, probably would have been in. <laughs> so what, you can stop at 2001 because yeah. yeah. we know what happened. Right, there. we know what happened. Uh, <laughs> we lost 10% of our business at PowerCat Illustrated. Um, it, this is the point. Is even as K-Staters, we don't connect those two dots, that they were a top-10 program those years, and with a 12-team playoff, they're in. As K-Staters, you don't connect that dot. How do we expect the rest of the world to appreciate how good those teams were if they were never included in anything postseason? They were great teams. And if they had gone on a four-year run of being in a playoff, the perception of the program would still be different to this day. It'd be like what Clemson is right now. Yeah. At yeah. least back, you know, when you're going into 2001, you look like what Clemson looks like right now. Because you probably win at least one, mm-hmm. maybe two. So, I mean, 2011, I don't know. if Did you did you guys say 2011 earlier? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. O2 would have been in as well. Then we can skip a few years here. Pick back up. Probably 2011 is where you yeah. pick it back up. Oh three might have was it? Were they uh, three loss after beating Oklahoma? Yeah, they might have snuck into a committee picking teams. As, well, they would have been in because they were champion. Yeah, they were yeah. champion that year. It didn't really yeah. matter. It didn't matter. They would have been in. But. Yeah. 2011. But just the record alone and yeah. the win might have gotten them in. 2011 would have been a little tough at 15. So that uh, what I know somebody ran the numbers over the last like 15 years. And I think they said Casey, it would be in like three, three times. I think they included 14. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's incredible. It, the number 18, it, 14 would have probably been a little, they needed probably needed one more win in in 14, but if they would have beaten Auburn. Yeah. And it probably wouldn't have even mattered. Or they probably, well, there was no championship game that year. So, and I know the players step on the field, for a game like with Auburn, focused, and they want to win it because it's a big game and you're at the home on home field. But if you know winning that game and not crapping the bed in conference play means you're in the playoff, maybe you have a little something extra in the tank. It's hard to understand the psychology of it or even grasp it if you kind of know you probably won't be included at the dance unless you absolutely run the table, a standard that you must meet that the name programs don't have to meet. That, that's, that psychology is gone, and maybe it levels everything else on the playing field. We'll, we'll see how it all plays out, but I'm, I'm fascinated, and this is a really exciting development, not just for college football but for fans. There's going to be a lot more games in November. Like Cole just mentioned, going to Texas would have been a huge game at that point. Coming home to play West Virginia, if you just beat Texas, the context of the playoff changes everything. Because a two-loss Kansas State team going to Texas, your season's over in terms of how it's been defined outside of going Mm -hmm. to a bowl game at that point. Two losses, you are done. You're Kansas State. Oklahoma, you're still in. Ohio State, oh, yeah, you're in. I mean, this changes so much with the psychology of how programs can approach it and thus the psychology of recruiting. Hell, yes, we're in the dance. Hell, yes, we're part of this. And if Chris Kleiman and company can kick down that door and get Kansas State in the conversation more often for one of those 12 spots, recruiting will pick up, the fan base will pick up, and the good times will start rolling again because it'll all of those games will have such great meeting meaning later in the season. And I'm not if you had this instituted at the start of this season, I mean, squinting your eyes and looking at the schedule the way it falls with, you know, Oklahoma at home, Iowa State at home, 
you know, this, this, this would be one of those years where if K-State wanted to make the playoff, you would squint your eyes and say, okay, there is somewhat of a chance if they can win the games that they should win that right. you're talk, at least talking about it towards the end of the season. Okay, so let's, let's put that in context. Let's say the playoff is available this year, 12 teams. Kansas State beats Stanford, runs the non-conference table, loses to Oklahoma State. Well, they got Oklahoma next. Yep. Loses to Oklahoma, beats Iowa State. Just say, I'm just saying hypothetically. So now they're four and two at the turn, so to speak, halfway in, with six winnable games. You win six more. You finish the season on a seven-game winning streak. You're just slowly climbing the rankings as other teams lose. That ten and two team is going to be in. So it's not just about how many losses, but when you get them. And that will still be the handcuff for the programs like Kansas State. Ohio State, you can lose in week 11. Kansas State, nah, you lose in week 11, you're done. Opposite of baseball. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) From the dot two, with the new 12-team playoff, will it be easier for K-State to make the playoff from the Mountain West Conference or the Big 12? That is a great question. I love this question. No, as we just discussed, the Big 12. Because you can get two or three teams in. You don't have to be the champion. But I understand the the tone of the question that Kansas State, as we know it, could run the table in the Mountain West. Well, first of all, I don't accept that. I those are some pretty good teams. And to be blunt, if you're in the Mountain West, you're not going to get the same quality player at Kansas State. Maybe you do. Maybe you, you, you can – that translates. Maybe K-State's playing with Mountain West rosters right now. But that should show you that there's not much difference. I, and It's an interesting conversation because I think it will make the season more valuable to anyone from the Mountain West. Or, I mean, as much as they bang their head against the wall, Central Florida and Cincinnati were never getting in that damn playoff. They were never going to be included in the party. They weren't in the club. They weren't in the club. And as much as the club members are nice to the, the card attendants, they're the damn card attendants. They're, they're, you're not part of it. You don't get to come in to the, the members-only bar. You stay out here. That's kind of the way the college football has been run, and it's, it was pretty sickening. So it should increase the value of the regular season to all Division One FBS programs. Yeah, I th- I'm gonna go. Op- I'm gonna, I'm gonna go opposite. What do we have to change that? Because change what? Now it's just not going to be bowls. We're, this this division is going to have a championship. The FPS, the yeah. football playoff series. I'm with it. I'm with it. I don't know. Um, subdivision. Subdivision. That's what the S stands for. Um, I'm gonna go. It's easier in the Mountain West because I think that being able to become conference champion in the Mountain West versus the Big Twelve is going to be easier. And I think that winning the Mountain West is still easier than finishing second in the Big 12. Interesting. That's Probably true. That is why I would say that when it going to the if you could pick a path to make the playoff, I'd do it through the Mountain West. But you also have to make sure you're winning thoroughly enough mm-hmm. that you're better UCF, than the UCF and Cincinnati are not. And there's no margin for error in the Mountain West no, either. Like no. we talked about with this season, you can lose two games in a row yeah. and have a chance at the end of the season. If you lose one game in the Mountain West, I mean, you're done. You're probably the team that you're, you're someone else in right. the group of six is going to be better. And plus, if you're in the Mountain West, even if you're playing nine conference games, if you want to be seriously in the discussion, you better make sure you have a pretty good Power 5 team on your schedule and maybe a second one. So, and BYU. And BYU. Mm-hmm. No. I don't know. I think that's what Boise State does. Yeah. Smart. Something like that. They I got to per- go Big 12. Just because, like Fitz said, if you've got Cincinnati or UCF, who's really good, or Memphis, whoever it may be, Houston, you're kind of screwed, you know? Yeah. Then you're not getting in. No matter how good you you're could be. Out. <laughs> you're fired. You're fired. You're fired. Uh, last question comes from Contra Cat. Is 12 the right number of teams versus 8, 10, 14, or 16? Another good question. Um, I think so. I think so. I'm not a big fan of buys. So I would have been fine with 8. 
But, but also it gets so much more inclusive. It, all the stuff I've just talked about yeah. is tangible at 12 and not as watered down as 16. Can you imagine that first round game of 16 going to Tuscaloosa? I mean, we're talking. That's a four loss Auburn team playing Alabama for the second week. Second time in three weeks. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. I think 12 is a good number. I do. I, I mean, it means half the field are conference champions, guaranteed. And that, that's the way I read it. All five of the Power Fives and one, the top-ranked non-Power Five school is in. Champion. I only like 12 if the buys are all conference champions. Like that's if, interesting. If they if they do the same silly top, you know, the top four shows, right. you know, all throughout October and November, you know, for the college football playoff, and if they're putting Alabama at one, and LSU or Texas A and M or some other SEC West school at number four, no, I'm, I'm that's like that's silly. You can't you can't have two teams from the same conference getting buys. And I think it's I would rather go sixteen than twelve because I think it's a shame that you know two of the conference champions aren't going to get buys, and they have to be five or six seats. Which, granted, you're playing the two worst teams in the playoff, but I don't think it should be that way. I think that you know one through four should get to play four worse teams than what five and six have to play. So, but at that point, it gets a little bit silly on inclusiveness, and twelve is three times as many teams as what we've got right now. So, I think twelve is a great improvement. But I'm more interested in to see how they're going to divvy up the buys, divvy up who gets to play where, and everything like that. How fun is this going to be? So much more fun. We got two added weeks of football. The round of. 12, 16, essentially, because you get the buys, mm -hmm. and the round of eight are bonus rounds of football. That's eight incredible college football games before what we now know as the playoff would have even started. It's incredible. It's incredible. And I love the fact that they just gave up trying to lie to everyone. Well, how about academics? Well, I mean, you're going to be done before the second semester at most schools starts. I mean, you're just going to be done. Do you think they could reduce the regular season schedule by a game? No. I can see why they might. You know, what becomes interesting about it, what if they got rid of one non-conference game and at the end of the year, one played two, three played four, five played six? You know, there was like an added round of a game. Kind of like, like a high school style playoff where you're playing, you yeah. know, you get a guaranteed game at the end. Or like at least what Kansas has done now, where right. they shortened the they shortened your season at least six A anyway. I don't know about the rest of the divisions, but I think it's I probably think it's five, similar. Five and six, six five and six A, I think they've done, where you only play eight eight regular season games, but your ninth game is a play a playoff game, so you get a you get a play. So maybe something like that. But I could what I think you know I'd see three non conference games, eight conference games, and then. I don't know what, what you want to do there. If you play a bowl game, if you play a mini tournament of sorts for, for bowl games. I mean, there's there's endless possibilities to extend the season and change what college football looks like while still honoring bowl traditions or, or whatever else you have to allow us to have this playoff. At the end of the day, we're looking at a 12-team playoff, not because it's right and good and inclusive. It's worth a crap load of money. That I mean, that's the only reason we're here. They saw the money. They finally realized how much TV revenue are we going to get off those bonus eight games, and it's a lot. So giving up another game that would affect that TV money, I don't see them doing it. I just don't. And, I mean, so much will come to chance now, keeping everyone healthy. Do you think they had more redshirt games? Now that's an. I mean, you're extending the season significantly here. I mean, and I think that looking at the NFL, adding a 17th game, they, I mean, they reduced a preseason game, so they're playing the same amount of games. But one of those regular season games, I mean, one game matters what more about than just what the game you, they replaced. You what know? about so just I'm, giving you a fifth year of eligibility? <laughs> that's been discussed. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there's, I think there's a lot of with extending the season. I think there's a lot of questions that need to be asked and answered because at some point. You know what? What the champion right now? If you play Hawaii, you get to play 17 games. If there's, if you play, if you're the five seed in the playoff and you get to play four games, 
I guess, plus a conference championship game. There's 18 games if you get to play Hawaii. Don't play Hawaii. Don't play Hawaii. Don't play Hawaii. I, I could see them maybe looking at keeping it at four plus the postseason. I mean, if you if you know you get to the end of the season, you run out of players, and you're into the playoff. You should be able to play the guys you have. I guess that would be my point. Mm-hmm. And also, I think coaches would like that because if you are not going to the playoff, you're just getting ready for a bowl game, and Joe Irvin's uses four games. Joe, you get to play in the bowl game. Stay focused. Stay locked in here. Stick with us here. Um, so I think uh, coaches would like that. If someone's worthy, then they get their four games, and then they can just flip it on in the postseason. And if that means one bowl game or three of three playoff games, that's that's totally different. It's like a September call-up. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. To answer the question, though, the reason college basketball has the buys in their tournaments is because they can only hit, they can only have four games in a day. You know what I mean? No, it's math. So I don't see. I mean, that's not a problem though for college football. So I'm not a fan of the buys either, Fitz. I'd rather have it be eight. And if you want to go up to sixteen, go for it. But that number five seed is just. As much as we like to bag on the Pac-12, they're getting screwed if they have to play a game before. Or, or the Big 12. Or the Big – it's going to yeah. be the Pac-12, but it could be the Big 12. Because you're going to so play – That's my biggest thing. The 5-12 game is going to be – they'll be a decent team. I mm-hmm. mean, they're yeah. going to be a two or – at worst, a three-loss team. And then you got wear and tear. Next week, you got to go play number one. Have fun. Yeah. See, I'm not a fan of that. I'd be a fan of uh, being, you know, the seventh seed at that point. Or I guess the seven eight would play number one. The five, wouldn't they? No. Five would play four. Five would play four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got me all mixed up. I'm I'm all it's okay. This, this math <laughs> stuff. Huh. Is that it for the first half? That is it. Indeed. Well, that was a nifty first half of things I can pull out for fired up. Thanks yeah. for the content, everyone. Yep. That's it for the first half of the Powercat Questions podcast for this week. We'll be back on the other side with more of your questions from Wabash Station. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios. Welcome back to the PowerCat Questions Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Our segment sponsors are Tanners in the High Low. Get into all of those establishments whenever you visit MHK. Onward with your questions from Wabash Station. We went long in the first half. I apologize for that. But we'll keep it shorter now. Gills, read fast. From TN Cat. So Vegas has the Cats at over and under three games. What am I missing here? I find it very difficult for the Cats to only win three games this season. While Stanford, pardon me, while, dang it, you messed me up. Oh, no. I, I was oh, going no. pretty good. Yeah. Win against Stanford, and we should be 3 and 0 going into Big 12 play. Okay. I will add that I've what, seen from a few other sites. What sports book yeah. is South this? Point. Yeah. South Point did this. That's a real sports book? Yeah, I saw the sheet. Okay. Someone tweeted out the sheet, but that's just one. Yeah. Book. Go find them and bet that. Blasphemous. <laughs> I've seen 5.5. Five and a half. Stars. That's the one I've yeah. seen most notably. Yeah. And you know what? I only saw a glimpse of that sheet. Is it possible that was conference games only? Because as an entirety of a season, when you play three non-conference games, even if you don't think you can win one, that means 
you're going to beat everyone but Kansas? I, I don't think anyone really views K-State. That. It's maybe it had, that sheet was a conference only. Well, yeah, what was OU's over-under? Because if it was like 10, then yeah, it's, the non-conference games are included. Yeah. I hope you can get on a flight to Vegas quick enough before they update the the lines. Uh, win totals. See, this is from Vegas Insider. 5.5. That's I hate who. to say it, but I love the over one for Kansas. I agree. I mean, I'm, the worst case scenario, are pushing there. I agree. <gasps> Their over under is one. Yeah, they have a tough non conference. They got to play Coastal Carolina and they got to play Duke. And then who's their FCS school? Do we know? I don't. Does it matter? Oh, I, <laughs> I'm not saying I'd bet the house on anything, but I'm gonna. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think it's the over. <laughs> they're not winning a conference game this year. Guys, uh, we're gonna take a Hold break right now. I gotta write a quick letter, dear Kansas. Quit scheduling. Delete, sorry. Coastal Carolina, they beat you all the time. Sincerely, Mark Mangino's friend. <laughs> there we go. I set that off. Oh, I sent Lou Perkins. Oh, no. Wrong guy. Wrong guy. Uh, it's Shane Zingers where you need to send that to. Uh, 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 let's see here. Let's let's do a little exploring here. This is who we use whenever we quote odds, um, Vegas Insider, because it pulls together everything. Um, what's that team in Palo Alto? Stanford, they're four, guys. They're not supposed to be good. So when I see people picking Stanford over Kansas State, you know, odds makers, I question that. Put those two together. How does K-State get to five and Stanford four when Stanford's playing in a more winnable conference, if you ask me? There's more wins in the Pac-12. than There's more Oregon States in the Pac-12 than there are KUs in the Big 12. I bet you Nevada's about eight, seven and a half. There's Nevada. Nevada's good. Nevada's scary. I mean, uh, Nebraska's six. I'll take the under. Take the under on that. I don't know. TCU's at seven and a half. Can someone explain to me uh, while we're on this win total thing? Why does TCU get the optimistic approach every year? Oh, I mean, they, they've got like this, this weird thing about them that they get the same treatment as an Oklahoma and Texas. It's not about what they lost. It's about what they gained. And for Kansas State, it's always about, oh, you're not going to be as good as last year. You're just not. I mean, that's just kind of how everything's approached. You look what you lost. It's, just, it's crazy to me. It bugs me. I think TCU is going to be okay, but I don't understand how you view TCU as two games better than Kansas State okay. Well, I will say Max Duggan coming back at quarterback. I mean, they didn't know if they were going to have him last year True, with yeah. the heart condition, and it'll be his third year starting. So I, I can understand, but, yeah, I'm with you. I just think it's the whole Texas bias for football, and they you, they typically have a pretty good recruiting class, and so maybe that goes into it. I don't know how much odds makers look into that kind of stuff. But, yeah, I mean, I just think it's Texas bias more than anything. Are these only regular season? These do not include bowl games? Th- this number is all season. So bowl games, playoffs, whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. That number is yeah. in play. Hmm. Hmm. I still remember. Let's take a trip to Vegas. <laughs> when, my, when my buddy old fella uh, texted me way back when said, I think it was old fella, 98, that, um, hey, by the way, uh, it wasn't old fella. Who was it? Someone was going to Vegas. Uh, the over-under on K-State wins in 98 was nine. I'm like, oh, honey, can we mortgage a house? I didn't do that. Yeah. Oklahoma State's only seven and a half. Oklahoma's eleven. Um, Iowa State was nine and a half. Yeah, nine and a half under. under. That's a little too high for me too. Under. What's Baylor? Baylor is getting the optimistic treatment at five and a half. Under. Kansas one. West Virginia. That that one's intriguing. They actually could be good. Six and a half. I kind of agree with that. So I don't know. I'm. I think the three had to have been conference only, and it was from South Point, which is not, I mean, I think it was South Point. Not the book I would use as a guideline, let's put it that way. It sounds like it's pretending. It sounds like somebody made it up. Let's. What's another cardinal direction we could make? I bet you, uh, I'd have to ask Kelly this, but I bet you the serious gamblers would be using that book because they could find more. Oh, yeah. Variation. Variation and mistakes. Got to hedge your bets. Yep. 
from Contra Cat, is COVID testing over for all teams? Any insight to the vaccination rate within the team? Okay, I don't know about COVID testing. <clears throat> I'm not sure. The baseball team was like 90%. Yeah, PDU said baseball was over 90%, and that was in early May. Last time I asked, I saw Kleiman a month ago, Coach Kleiman, at a fundraising event, and he said half the team, and they were trying to get more. Um, oh, because he said you you stopped testing then. So, no, testing wasn't over for them. It's sad that I can't discuss this without feeling like I'm getting political. But um, based on the number of infections and the severity of it, it'd be a hard decision. It'd be, you know, if I was young, but if I to play football, I had to do it. I guess I would. I mean, I certainly did it with my situation, but I think they're probably getting tested once a week. Yeah. It's a, it's if, a they're, lot if they're in, if they're in season. So I would, I would think that they're probably still getting tested fairly reg, more regularly than, than any of L, any of us or any of the rest of the, the general public, probably even if it's once a month or once every couple of weeks. I will say that the NFL just released their updated COVID-19 protocols for the preseason and training mm-hmm. camp. Um, and here's the difference, and it's, it's huge. So for fully vaccinated, there's no daily testing. Masks are not required at the club facility or during travel. No physical distancing required in club facilities with other vaccinated individuals. No quarantine required after high-risk exposure to COVID, which is a big deal. Um, no travel restrictions. No capacity limits in weight room. May eat in the cafeteria with other fully vaccinated individuals. No restrictions on um uh, social media, marketing, sponsorship opportunities, may use the sauna room, may interact with vaccinated family and friends during team travel. For non-vaccinated, testing is required every day. Masks are still required. They must quarantine after high exposure. Uh, travel restrictions. Players must be physically distanced in meal room, may not eat with teammates. Uh, still grab and go. They can't eat in the cafeteria. They may not use the sauna and steam room, and they may not leave the team hotel to eat in any restaurants, nor may they interact with anyone outside of team travel. Uh, party during team travel. What was that social media thing you said? Probably as far just, as like marketing opportunities. Yeah. So like Tyree Kill had a camp uh, oh, okay. over the past okay. week. So okay. he can he can have that at camp. Okay. Okay, I'm diving in. Um, I'm sorry if this hurts anyone's feelings. I know when this so-called vaccine, let's be clear, it's not a vaccine. It's It doesn't fit the, the definition of a vaccine. I, I took it because I know exactly what it is. It's, it's the potential same treatment they might use for cancer. You eliminate the protein that is most invasive that causes it to be dangerous. That's what this vaccine does, so-called vaccine. The thought initially was, as a vaccinated individual, you could still be a carrier. Like the protein, the spike protein might be negated in your system, but maybe you could pass it on to someone else who wasn't vaccinated and thus they would be a danger. That was the initial thought. And, and it's my understanding as we've gotten into this, and really we are all a giant science experiment who have had this, they're finding that, well, you can still get COVID. We just saw that with a cruise ship. They were asymptomatic, test positive with COVID, which if you're asymptomatic, it's like being asymptomatic with a cold, you know? Well, I have a cold. I just don't have any sniffles or cough. <laughs> uh, I mean, if everyone else is vaccinated, they should be safe. If you, cold, decide not to get vaccinated, and I am, we're finding out that we're really not able to transfer the virus to anyone else. So even if I get it from you, what the hell does it matter to me if I'm vaccinated, unless I'm the one in whatever the number is now for the vaccinated people who could potentially still get full-fledged COVID. In other words, the treatment didn't work in your body. I don't understand why we have to isolate the non-vaccinated. If I'm vaccinated, I don't give two craps if you've been vaccinated. I did it to protect myself. It's kind of the opposite of masks. Yeah. We were told masks were to protect the other person. I protected myself. And if you get COVID and I'm around you, even if I get COVID, it shouldn't be a big deal. I don't understand why we continue with this. And maybe by the time we get to football season, we'll have a better understanding of it. Basically, what makes me mad is we can't have open discussions about this stuff without it being political. We can't talk about things without people losing their freaking minds because it's political to them. I'd like to be able to talk about science without it being about opinion and we're not there as a society anymore. I think a lot of it has to do with, too, um, especially in the case of the NFL, they want their players to be vaccinated because they can have more of a competitive advantage. You can have 
teams. If if you have twenty five individuals who are choose not to get vaccinated, right. yes, it's their personal choice. But that risk of COVID, I mean, right. there's still we've seen athletes that have gotten COVID and still have the long term effects. Now we've right. also seen some that have it and it's nothing. Right. But you're still taking that chance as opposed to if you do get vaccinated, then that chance goes down almost 100 percent. So I think the NFL wants their players to be vaccinated so they can have that, quote unquote, advantage and they can return to as much of, quote unquote, normal. I think it's more of the non-vaccinated interacting with the non-vaccinated that they want to try to avoid than the non-vaccinated interacting with the vaccinated. From what, everything I can tell, that's what I think the NFL is wanting. I would agree with that. Um, unfortunately, we don't know long-term effects of the shot. We don't. I mean, just by nature of how quickly it was developed, we don't know long-term effects. I'm hoping that I get, like, the ability to fly. <laughs> I'm hoping that was an unexpected impact. of the. Oh, by the way, 10% of you will now be able to fly. Zach, I'd be really I'd I'd be be, excited. would be cool. Except I'm scared of heights. I get my second shot today. I'd be low flying. I hope I get my smell back. <laughs> I, I hope you grow some horns. I hope Something I don't. Really strange. Onward. <laughs> From Contra Cat, will the practice facility be in place by 2023? I don't even know what that I, I Contra, I got to catch up and ask someone, what is the schedule now? Where are we at with this thing? What year is it? Yeah, I don't even know what year it is right now. They were marketed it to recruits during the, the camp. <laughs> I think that I think once they I think it's realistic. get the plan in place, yeah, I think we might see if it gets approved, then break ground, you know. Here this season, if they're going across the street, but 24 months away from probably right now when you need to use it, if you want to use it for the 2023 season. So the, the unknown for me is the fact that there's existing buildings there that I think would need to be replaced before you can take them down. You know, they serve yeah. a purpose now. So I don't know. I, I, I will ask. I will do a better job of inquiring about that. So I, I hope so. I mean. If this is really tangible, 2023 is a playoff, I'd hope they have that built. Mm -hmm. I'd hope they'd be moving on everything. And by 2023, all of these projects will be at least breaking ground. We'll have a new indoor track facility once, hopefully that's simultaneously happening. You flip the indoor to track and the new indoor opens and you start on volleyball and Olympic and there you go. I have to win the lottery to. Man, the, I, I'm curious on on what they will do for that track facility though, because the indoor facility we were in it, you know, over the weekend. Oh, it's gonna. There's be. there's no doubt that that is the worst indoor facility in the Big Twelve. There's conference. high schools that are and possibly Power years Five. Better. It yeah. is terrible. Yeah, they're gonna have to dress it up quite a bit, which you can do. Yeah, you can. But have they ever heard of air conditioning, <laughs> AC, lights? I'd almost think that it'd be better just to start from scratch on that location. As crazy as it sounds, it may not be a bad. It's idea. literally a steel. It's a tin building <laughs> with some orange lights on the inside. Tear it down, man! You're against steel construction. I'm not going to. It's a Morton building, man. You haven't made Jeez. it to the barn dominium part of TikTok, apparently. I have not. Okay, there you go. There's a new I'm, word. I'm for not, it. I'm not going what? there. Bar Barn dominium. Oh, you build a steel building, and within part of that, you build a house. Oh, uh, oh, that's what that's called. Mm -hmm. Barn oh, dominium. I've I've seen those. I those saw are a giant cool. steel building, and on the front end was their house. Like you walk in, and on the inside, it looks you put a you know fake front of side yeah. on it, so it looks like a real house. But you're actually in a steel building, and so you don't need any support structure because the roof is. A steel building. It's over the top of everything. So you have wide open ceilings and then like the back half of the barn dominium then was just a shed and he had his boat and his truck and all his tools and everything. It was like a the world's largest garage. I want one. My wife said I can't have it. She's so mean. Dang it. From Contra Cat, what happens to the band corner in the stadium? I think they'll just sell it as seats. We were talking about this at the camp and I think they should put the seat backs there first of all, because I think if they put the seat backs there, not only that's that's not a bad spot in in the stadium. You could increase the price of those tickets, and you would make it more. Um, you can make it more of a, a seat that people would want to sit. What do you mean seat backs? Like chairs? Like yes. 
We were talking about doing the whole stadium chair, but not just the little section. I said the little section. You just want the little section and not the whole stadium? Because <laughs> we said section. the whole... I mean, well, I, I even said do the student section. They're not sitting down. Who cares? And it looks better when it's empty. We Spend also, the money on it. I don't care. Wow. I don't care. We, we also brought up the idea of a little party porch, a pavilion, instead of having seats, but another, like, pavilion there. Well, you could almost do, like, a... You know, a loge box type thing and have a little bar area right there and you just buy the section for the game and all your friends can come. What are those giant like recliners that you could get customized with, you know, whatever team logo you wanted? You so know what you want about? it to look like uh, KU's field? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we've arrived at the worst suggestion in the history of the Power Cap. No. Let's no. replicate what KU does for football. No, that's not what I was talking about. You know, on the, the Concourse of Kaufman, they used to have, I think they were sponsored by StubHub. Yes. Those seats, mm-hmm. they cost like a 1000 or something silly, but you're buying it for a long time for your man cave. But a giant leather chair like that, I mean, yeah, it looks kind of like what KU has. Don't get me wrong, but at least it's not a deck on the middle of an old track. And well, those looks, aren't normal and seats, there's, are And there's a tent behind. So bad. <laughs> it's all so bad. Are those seats normal? Aren't they, like, really um, in between rows? It's a lot more spread out than normal bleachers. Uh, do you mean the ones in the corner? Yeah, yeah. I don't I think, think they, I think they are. there's a little more space. I think they... We were walking... I think they have a little more space because the band was up there. I didn't look that closely, but... I don't know. I've never... That would involve me walking around the stadium. <laughs> Actually, this is when I use the excuse I can't do that. I got cancer. That's it's a great card to play. I know it's a hot take for probably most K State fans, but I actually liked when they moved the band there. They gave them a. Play. I, like, I mean, I think it's no, perfect. I liked it. I thought it was cool, and I was a fan of it. But I also agree with every reason why they're moving back. I think they yeah. impact the game more. I think they involve the students more. I think it ties everything together more. I my thing was, and someone responded on the on Wabash that I guess I'll go back to not hearing the band that everyone behind the band, that entire side of the stadium can't hear the band. That bothers me. Yeah. I mean, that bothers me, but. Or when they have to turn around and you're up in the upper deck and they'll play towards the upper deck. And even then you can't really hear it that well. Hmm. Very good. Yeah. From Kane Ed, our in-state recruiting and Bruce Weber's status as the should Pete Rose be in the hall of fame topics that i messed that up no i think you got it i get You're what he says wait hold on i want to before we answer this question ryan do you know what he's referring to i mean, rose in the hall of fame yeah okay okay he cheated right all right i just didn't okay. know if this went over your head at all yeah i love how love how cole being the same age or even younger than kills is like <laughs> do you know what this means young whippersnapper <laughs> no i think the Pete rose thing will go on forever i think we'll get um you don't think they'll let him in no I don't think they'll let him in. Really? I think they've decided to make him an example. And it doesn't matter at this point it's wrong or right. Now they can't retreat from that stance. I disagree. The, they, they view it as, oh, we'll be endorsing gambling then. I think he should be in. I'm very definitive about it. The, no, the moment MLB 100% endorses gambling, we're almost already there anyway. Mm-hmm. The fact that half the MLB teams are playing on Bally Sports no, no, I'm, I'm with you. No, I mean, there's still there's, say he wasn't supposed no. to do it. Barry Bonds will be in the Hall of Fame before Pete Rose will. Oh, I'd love to take you up on that bet because Pete Rose is going in before Barry Bonds. I, I hope Pete Rose would bet on it with you. I love how this wasn't even the question. <laughs> uh, well, we'll come to some conclusion on all of the other topics. If Kansas State football continues to struggle recruiting the state of Kansas and it doesn't have an impact on the field, I'll be surprised. I think you got to get them. And at some point, you got to turn that around, or the program's going to, you know, show the wear and tear from it. And I think Bruce Weber will retire at some point. So I think it'll all be solved. I think, I think Bruce Weber's status as head coach is not should Pete Rose be in the Hall of Fame um, for K State people. It's more like when will construction in Manhattan finish for K State people? There's just no good answer. No, no. Yeah, I agree with you there, Cole. Last question from RR Cat 2016. Don't believe we've mentioned oh. that one before. This Welcome is his first post. He's been on for six months. Boom. First post. Very into the podcast. Very sorry, but I like it though. It's a good question. Okay, let's cool. finish up with well, this the version. Better be good, right? 
Do you expect any recruits to commit to K-State in the next week or two now that recruiting has ramped up? I have no idea. Alexa, call Ryan. No, <laughs> call Wally, call Wally. Did, did it pop know. open? Several contacts named Ryan. Can you say the name exactly as it shows in your contact list? Damn it, you can't talk to her. Don't talk Sorry. to her. I was trying to flirt with her. Um, I mean, you'd think... <laughs> Alexa, stop. Oh, she's so persistent. I think it's realistic to think that I think somebody so. would commit. I don't have a name. I don't know who you know would be most likely. And quite frankly, it's probably not going to be guys that you're like really excited to get. But... I think that, yes, we'll start to see some commitments soon. And it's going to be 2022, I have a feeling. I don't think anybody – Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you're the coaches, you're – I mean, you would take a 2023 commitment, but you're not pushing those right now. You've got to get the 22s cleaned up, at least in this period. This is just a packed period of fun. Another camp the next two Sundays, right? Yep. Next two Sundays. We will be out there covering it. And if someone commits, uh, we'll tell you. We're not going to just keep it to ourselves. Or should we? Thanks for your first question ever. First post ever. Get in in there. There were some other questions in there, but I picked this one. Okay. Very good. So, yeah. Okay. That's it for this week's edition of the Parkette Questions Podcast. We've been sponsored by The Fridge, and we'll be back on Friday with an overtime that you will likely not want to miss. Well, I don't know. We haven't recorded it yet. It might suck. Who knows? But try it. You might like it. Oh, and a really fun Life of Fits coming up this weekend. Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. PowerCat.